What's doing, everybody? Today is Tuesday, January 27th. What is it like in America for a gay conservative or a gay Republican during this Pride Month madness? We're going to talk all about that today with the founder of the Walkaway Campaign, Brandon Straka, who joins me today on the podcast. I'm Alec Lace. This is The Alec Lace Show. What's doing, everybody? I'm Alec Lace, and for the last five years, I've hosted an award-winning podcast called First Class Fatherhood. For the most part, I've done my best to keep politics out of the conversation, but I cannot do that anymore. That is why I decided to launch a new show, The Alec Lace Show. So hit the follow button, and let's preserve, protect, and fight for the American family together. The future is family. Welcome, everybody, to The Alec Lay Show. I'm happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys. If you're enjoying the broadcast, if you're watching it live on Rumble, please share this so we can get some more people into the live. If you're watching it on Apple, or you're listening to it, I should say, on Apple or Spotify, please hit me with a rating, review, uh, so we can help build the presence here for The Alec Lay Show. Today's show is being brought to you by MyPillow. Mike Lindell is having a blowout 4th of July sale. The sale is going on right now. Get over to MyPillow.com. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD for even more savings. They got over 150 items over there. So if you've missed out on the slippers, they are a banger. Get the slippers, the mattress topper, my favorite item, all of it on sale right now. MyPillow.com. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD. All right, so as we come to the end here of what seems to be an ever-going, ongoing Pride Month where we see more and more of these celebrations of men dressed as women running around naked during these Pride parades and performing these sexual acts in front of children, what in the world is it like in America for gay or lesbian uh, Americans who have to suffer through this and kind of get attached to this LGBTQ kind of cult that has formulated over the last few years and has hijacked the pride movement. We're going to talk all about that today. I'm honored to have Brandon Strzok on. He is the founder of the Walk Away Campaign. He is he has taken on this monumental task of pers- uh, of just persuading liberals to leave the Democratic Party. And uh, that is no easy task. So we're going to get into all of that today. Uh, It's going to be a great conversation. I do want to mention that Thursday on the program here on the Alec Lay Show, Carrie Lake will be joining me. So do not miss out on that one. That one will be live Thursday here on Rumble at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So make a note of that and share that around if you would like. You can also listen to the rebroadcast of that on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. All right. So let's jump into this right now. Let me bring Brandon on here to the Alec Lay Show. Joining me now, uh, Brandon Straka. Welcome to the Alec Lay Show. Thanks for having me. Well, we're almost done with Pride Month here, and so I wanted to bring you on and ask you just what it, it seems like Pride Month now, more than celebrating gay, lesbian people, has become more of a, a leftist uh, month, people from the left. So it doesn't seem like it's, it's about every gay and lesbian person. It just seems to be about a particular one side of this entire uh, thing. So what is it, first of all, what is it like for you or what is it like for, for gay people that are not liberals, that are not Democrats during Pride Month? What is that experience like? Yeah, that's actually a really great question because it's true. It's not, this isn't uh, a, a period of time where they celebrate, you know, the diverse beliefs or opinions or philosophies of people within the LGBT community. It's literally just people who support the progressive left-wing causes that the LGBT community is currently pushing. Uh, One example of that would be, you know, I'm in New York City right now. I went to the Pride Parade on Sunday to go with my team to capture street interviews and footage. And 
the first signs that I saw when I approached the parade were a group of people holding signs saying, uh, let gay cops back into the parade. Uh, and I'd sort of forgotten that a couple of years back, I think in, tw- uh, well, I don't know, somewhere around 2020, uh, they prohibited LGBT police officers from being able to march in the parade because obviously it didn't fit the political cause of defunding the police and the, and the less anti-police narrative. So there are definitely groups, they would certainly wouldn't allow, uh, you know, log cabin Republicans or uh, LGBT uh, walkaway people uh, to be a part of the parade or to be a part of, of the pride celebration. So it's not for everybody. Uh, it's very much a political cause at this point. And I'd say even most interestingly, it's not even terribly gay anymore. Uh, you know, most when I was there doing street interviews, I was really struck by how many women there were and women who I would assume probably are heterosexual women uh, who now identify as queer or non-binary or gender fluid or somewhere on the kind of what is now considered to be the LGBTQIA plus spectrum. Uh, the parade and, and the whole atmosphere seemed to be more for them than for anybody who's actually gay or lesbian. Yeah, and even just yesterday, I believe it was, we've seen uh, in California, in the California Senate, they were honoring uh, Richard Grinnell, the Republicans were, as being the first openly gay member of a presidential cabinet, and six Democrats, at least six of them, got up and walked out. So it was like, again, it's not just celebrating the fact of, of uh, progressive movement in the gay community as far as respecting gay marriage and stuff like that. It's become more of the, And honestly, it seems like uh, the transgender community has really hijacked this entire movement. And I know I've seen uh, several people, uh, gay people on Twitter, asking for a divorce between the LGB and the TQAI plus or whatever, whatever it's up to now. And is that what's happened here? Is It seems like every Pride Parade now, I don't know if this is the way it always was. I've never been to a Pride Parade, but it seems like all the footage from Pride Parades now have the transgenders half naked or naked and doing sexual acts in front of children. Was that always part of this Pride Parade or has this been hijacked by the transgenders? Well, I think it's been hijacked. And I definitely think that the the things that you're describing have gotten much worse and it's become much more of like an omnipresent uh, element of the the parade and the atmosphere for sure. But where I kind of like to add a little bit of extra nuance and context is that it I, I don't like just kind of like throwing out this idea that it's just transgenderism in general, because, you know, transgender people have been around for a very, very long time. And this wasn't really an issue for the most part. Many of them just sort of live their lives quietly and did their thing and weren't really bothering anybody. And it wasn't until recently in the last, you know, three, four, five years that I actually think the transgender movement has been hijacked by left-wing radicals, people who are calling themselves transgender, who are not transgender. Uh, And again, I go back to these people who are sort of expanding what that definition means to say, oh, I'm neither male nor female. Uh, I use they, them pronouns. I'm non-binary. I'm gender fluid. I'm gender queer. All of these bizarre terms that don't really mean anything, but people are allowed to just sort of shove their way into this LGBT movement and say, I'm LGBT now. And those are the people who are then pushing the this far left agenda 
and sort of this radicalization and pushing this into schools and libraries and into corporate um, uh, advertising and all of these different things, that wasn't happening before when it was just a movement that was uh, LG, B and T people fighting for marriage rights or fighting for civil rights and things like that. Uh, so that's what I think is really happening. And when we talk about a divorce, I'm all for it. I just, I guess I feel this little bit of compulsion to stand up for people who have, you know, legitimately always identified as transgender who aren't really a part of this and aren't really a part of what's happening. For me, the issue is more the Q, the I, the, the A, the plus than the actual T, because the people who are calling themselves T and, and, and latching onto that, many of them aren't even the T. And, and, you know, I, I did an interview recently with a Navy SEAL, uh, Chris Beck, who transitioned to Kristen Beck, and the left really embraced him because they did a, you know, had a book about him, they did a documentary about him, and it was like, wow, this is a Navy SEAL Team 6 that's a transgender, and they really embraced him. And then he detransitioned back to Chris and started speaking out against, not against transgenderism, but against the way that it's being pushed on children and the fact that they're giving children that have maybe gender dysphoria and they're treating it with puberty blockers, hormones, and stuff like this. And he finds that to be very dangerous and he's speaking out against it. And I think that's where me as a father of four, when it when it starts to come into the classroom, when it starts to come into the library and you start to, uh, in a sense, indoctrinate the children into the into, hey, you could be trans. Even if you're a boy, you really don't have to be a boy. You could be a girl. Uh, that's where it starts to become a problem. And I, I've driven you're in New York City. Uh, I, I've driven a ton of Uber as I'm, I'm a railroad mechanic, but I drive a, a ton of Uber on the side, driven in New York City for years and have constantly picked up uh, drag queens going to parties. Never had any issues. Always found them to be uh, polite, respectful, good tippers. Uh, so never had any issues uh, with this. But it's and and it's always going to a party late at night in New York City. That seems like where that it belongs. It doesn't belong in a third grade classroom. And so I think that has been the biggest pushback and make it seem like they say, oh, it's it has nothing to do with kids. But you constantly see this drag queen story hour. Uh, and we just seen that one uh, uh, where we're here, we're queer and we're coming for your children. It's like that messaging. What in the world do they think that's doing to progress the movement whatsoever? It, it seems like it's just drawing more attention to the blowback. No, I mean, it's it's causing more uh, backlash. It's causing that, you know, polling is showing that tolerance and acceptance of LGBT people is actually rolling backwards, not moving forwards. Uh, and this is exactly the reason why. And I, and anybody, I think, is uh, right to feel concerned about um, the indoctrination of children. Look, you don't have to. You can look at this a number of different ways. I don't look at this as, you know, I don't believe that children can be indoctrinated to become gay. I think you're going to become whatever you were hardwired to become. However, I do think that there is a concern about telling children at a young age that they can that they can trans uh, uh, their gender um, or that uh, if they if they feel uncomfortable with who they are, what they are, that perhaps the solution to that is to change their gender. But in addition to that, even if it's not about that, it's a delivery system for a political message that every person has every right to say, I don't want my kids to be indoctrinated by this political message because they're not just in there talking about tolerance for the LGBT community or tolerance for diversity of different individuals. They're absolutely planting the seeds 
of progressive left-wing ideology into little kids and trying to, I think, nurture those seeds to eventually develop future little leftist activists and Democrat Party devotees and voters. And everybody has a right to push back and say, I don't want you telling my kid at three or four or five or six years old or 10 years old or 11 years old, I don't want you planting the seeds of a political ideology into my kids of what they're supposed to believe and how they're supposed to turn out to vote when they become voting age. I mean, I think those are the values that everybody has the right to say, I want to instill those values at home, have these conversations with my kids and allow them to decide for themselves when the time is right, what they want to believe and what they want to vote. But I don't need a drag queen coming into a second or third grade classroom and planting the seeds of trying to teach my kid how to vote. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I think and every time parents try to speak out about uh, against this, they get labeled as transphobic and anti-gay and all this other stuff. When really, that is not the case at all. And it almost and it does seem about the vote, because I mean, we remember hearing Joe Biden telling the black community that if you don't vote for uh, me, then you're not black. And I, it almost seems like that same messaging, like if you don't vote for Democrats, then you're not gay. It seems like that's the same message. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's for any of us, you know, myself and a number of other LGBT people who have been outspoken about either being Republicans or walking away from the Democratic Party or, you know, however we align. I mean, this community of love and tolerance uh, and acceptance has gone out of their way to try to crucify and destroy anybody who dared to walk away from the Democratic Party or speak out on behalf of uh, conservative values or the Republican Party, you know, and let me just tell you, too, if drag queens were going into libraries and elementary schools uh, with MAGA hats on or Make America Great Again t-shirts on, do you think that the left would be so keen on drag queen story hour or trying to push this message, uh, you know, to advocate for this cause? They're advocating for this cause for the reason that exactly what I just said. It's a political delivery system. If these drag queens or if anyone else was going in there preaching conservative values as they were reading books, the left would be yanking them out of classrooms as quickly as they could. But it's a delivery system for their political ideology. And that's why they're pushing this as hard as they are. Yeah, I think also, too, Brandon, if the um, if the convoy of illegal immigrants coming across the southern border, were all wearing MAGA hats and wearing Trump T-shirts and stuff. Don't you think that border would have a wall on it sky high by now? I mean, they would never allow that to happen. And it's the same thing. But it also seems like, too, what we're seeing is that. They don't want, you know, any type of um, a backlash against anybody that's gay, anybody that's uh, a black is considered to be, you know, completely off the table unless they're conservative. Then it's OK to call them whatever name you want. It's OK to, to, to ban them or to censor them. And it always seems to go one way. So is this really a, a, a movement about celebrating who you really are, or is this a movement about celebrating who you vote for? And it seems like that's what it's becoming. And that's what's made people so sick and tired of having this stuff jammed down their throats. Well, it's, and it's not just even celebrating who you vote for. It's about a devotion to a political party. And it's about a devotion to government establishmentarianism. I mean, it's these people on the left. It's what I used to be a liberal. I, I used to be on the left. And when I was a liberal, you know, back in the day, what was so appealing about it to me was that I felt like I was surrounded by people who were anti-establishment, who were anti-authoritarianism, 
who wanted uh, you know more freedom, who wanted more, more progress, who wanted uh, more ability to express themselves through speech and, and through public demonstration and through music and through art and through all of these different things. And now the left is entirely about protecting the establishment, protecting the government. Their media carries water to cover up for the establishment government, to aid and abet the establishment government. They want more censorship. They want to block any opinions or speech or art or, or any message of any kind that criticizes the government, that criticizes the establishment. And so, I mean, it's really become, I think, this movement of people who love authoritarianism, they love government, they, they, the more government, the better, more control, more authoritarianism. Uh, it's really, really sick and bizarre. And then they want to crush and destroy anybody who speaks out against that. I mean, it, it's it, it's so the opposite of anything it ever started out to be. And then they use minorities, black and brown and, and LGBT and women, and they use all these different minority groups as human shields to provide cover for their their message of, you know, that, you know, supposedly we want tolerance, we want equal rights, we want all of these things. But any members of those very same groups who stray from the herd and say, no, you know what? I'm not on board with what you're doing and I want to push back because I don't want more government. and I don't want uh, more control exerted over my life and authoritarianism and establishment. And then they want to destroy you and silence you and try to ruin your life and wreck your career. And I mean, you see it all the time. Look what they've done to, to Clarence Thomas or, or Ben Carson or, you know, I mean, because they really go out of their way to supposedly protect black people. But then you look at successful black people in Republican politics, and those are the ones more than anybody that they've tried to create fake scandals about, that they've tried to ruin their life, ruin their marriage, send this loud message. You know, if you're a black person who's going to try to become successful as a conservative, you know, we're going to ruin your marriage. We're going to ruin your career. We're going to ruin your name, your reputation. It's a disgrace. And there's there's absolutely no, no truth or authenticity to anything that these people say or do. Uh, they're using all of these people, and um, it, it's really, really a disgrace. And I hope that very soon Americans, all Americans, wake up and see very clearly what these people are doing, uh, because we've got to fight back against them or we'll never, ever be united as a country. Yeah, very well said. And and you're right. And it, it, But it makes sense from their side. If, if you're pushing a message that America is inherently racist and America is this terrible uh, country that hates black people, then how do you explain a Ben Carson? How do you explain a Thomas Sowell? How do you explain a, a Tim Scott running for president uh, as a Republican? You can't explain that. That goes against what they're trying to pe- preach. So they have to knock those people down. And, and, and the ones that say that they're against misinformation, they seem to be the biggest purveyors of the misinformation. I know for you, I remember watching you in a few interviews. One of your red pill moments there was when uh, uh, Trump was being they said that uh, Trump was making fun of the handicapped person. And it turned out to be totally false. Just like I I know one of my one of my son's classes, they had a teacher saying that, oh, Trump told everybody to inject bleach into their arm. And one of the students said, no, he never said that. And he was so sure that Trump said that that he pulled up to try to pull up a video of Trump saying that and found out he never said that. But that was the narrative. That's what's been sold to these people. And people really believe it in their 
their hearts. Just like Governor DeSantis down in Florida, who has, they called it a don't say gay bill, despite the fact that that never says anything in the bill. It doesn't say anything like that. But right. that's, if you ask people on the street, they'll say, oh yeah, DeSantis has a bill that says you can't say gay. And people are walking around saying, oh, I'm going to say gay to show them that I can still say it. And you're, you're totally been misinformed. But they're saying that they're the, they're the misinformation bunch. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I experience this every day of my life, too. And this is one of the most confounding things about the left is that oftentimes they'll create the, the fake stories in order to sway the masses and, and confuse people and, and get people inflame the anger and the senses of their base. But then they start believing the, the lies that they themselves created and they start using their own lies as evidence of why, you know, the next thing has to happen. So. They hate Trump. They hate that Trump wants to fight back against the establishment, that he wants to fight back against the, the big government and the authoritarianism and globalism and all of these things. So then they start creating all these lies and all this misinformation about him. And then as time goes on, you know, then they start saying, well, we've got to indict him and we've got to impeach him and we've got to destroy him. We've got to because look, yet look at this history of what he did this and he did this and he did this and he did this. And it's like, but you guys are the ones who made that up. Yeah. You know you made that up. I mean, you literally sat down and made that up, and now you're using your own lies as evidence of why you're compelled to do the next thing that you're going to do. I mean, this is like psychotic, abusive behavior, uh, but unfortunately, that's what the left is. And, and what is your take, Brandon? I know uh, one of the big things that Democrats are saying ab about the Republicans is, oh, look at all these laws that they're enacting, that they're passing, that are anti-LGBTQ laws, when really these laws are about not allowing kids to get puberty blockers or they, they, they frame it as if it's a, a, a trans genocide. They're coming after the, well, what is your take on these laws that are being passed to prevent things like kids getting the puberty blockers? We'll see. Okay. That right there is probably the strongest argument for when you talk about should the LGBT, should the LGBT uh, separate from the T or should the LGBT separate from the QIA? Because this has nothing to don't include me in this argument that like if you're if you're somebody in the LGBT community and you think that uh, I'm supposed to stand up or stand against uh, laws that say we don't want instruction in classrooms to five and six and seven and eight and nine year olds about uh, graphic sexual content, about gender identity, uh, about adults coming in and telling little kids that they can choose their gender and choose their pronouns and that some kids are neither male nor female, they're both or they're neither or they exist somewhere on a spectrum and that somehow it's anti-gay or anti-lesbian or whatever to to uh, to be, to stand against that. Um, that's an insult to me and I think it's an insult to every gay person or lesbian person that I know. I don't wanna be used that way. I, I consider that to be an affront uh, to to my values and my dignity to say that uh, th that anyone who opposes those things is opposing me that doesn't even make sense that has nothing to do with me so um, I would encourage anyone to not fall for that trap and fall for that bait because it's a lie uh, and it is a trap and what they're trying to do is again piggyback on minority communities like the black community or the LGBT community to shove that agenda forward and call anyone a bigot who stands in opposition to their agenda. But I stand in opposition to their agenda. I know plenty of gay and lesbian people and transgender people who stand in opposition to their agenda, 
Uh, we're going to continue to grow in numbers, and we want to stand side by side with any heterosexual Americans of any any side of the political aisle, uh, parents on any side of the political aisle. I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican. Uh, if we share these values, I want to stand by side by side with you and fight against these people who are trying to radically destroy our country, uh, radically destroy our values, and uh, and come in and fundamentally change what is so great about our nation. I'm not going to allow them to do it. I want to stand with anybody who wants to fight with them against them. Yeah, great stuff. And, and like I mentioned, I, I work for the railroad. I've been doing that for more than two decades. It's a big melting pot. A lot of union workers that, that vote Democrat for their whole life. And even when I sit down and talk to them about this issue of, hey, do you think men can have a baby or do you think men should play against women in sports? I've never had one yet make the argument that's a Democrat that says, yeah, I think it's a good idea that men should play against women's sports or that a man should be using the same locker room as their daughter. They're not for this, yet they are Democrats. And so it just seems like that messaging is way off when you actually talk to people who are Democrats. And I know you started the walk away campaign and God bless you for what you're doing, because I find it to be like almost impossible sometimes to convince somebody that's a diehard liberal to walk away. It's almost like trying to argue a, a sports team. Like if someone's a Giants fan and you're trying to convince them to be a Cowboys fan, it'll never happen. It seems like it's that hard to do. What has it been like? I know the walk away campaign exploded back in 2016 there with Donald Trump. What is it like right now? Are the numbers increasing? Are you at a stagnant here with it? What is the response? What, what's going on with the walk away campaign right now? So we actually started in 2018. And um, I will say that I think that I feel like right now is um, is a very tough time, not because it's a tough time because I think that conservatives have allowed themselves to fall so far behind in the in, in being competitive and fighting back against the misinformation that we're talking about. Um, it's very difficult when liberals control social media, the news media, the entertainment industry. They're they've they've infiltrated America's schools and libraries. And I mean, it's just it's everywhere. And so, you know, is I think are we as effective today as we were maybe two or three years ago? I question that um, largely because I think it's just harder for us to get to be able. And also the message has become more insane. I mean, when you look at we weren't two or three years ago, we weren't seeing a federal government that was rounding up American citizens on misdemeanor trespassing charges as if they were domestic terrorists. You know, we we weren't seeing um, we weren't seeing a, a, a Department of Justice that was chronically indicting the top political candidate running for the United States president and a former president of the United States. But if you look at people on the left, they love all of it. There's there's nothing so far. There's been no line in the sand where anyone on the left is like, you know, I think this is going too far. I don't think that FBI SWAT teams should be breaking down the doors of people who walked inside the Capitol through an open door. Or, you know, maybe we shouldn't be chronically indicting the former president of the United States on nonsense charges uh, that are obviously ridiculous and and racking up now 60 some felony charges in various cases. I mean, this is insanity. But I mean, what's being asked of me here is to try to get through to people who have followed on the train of insanity to this point and still try to break through. Now, that being said, 
on, on the more optimistic side, yes, people are still waking up and walking away every day. Um, it's just, my point is that it's just gotten harder because the machinery that's in place that's allowing this to happen is getting louder and bigger and stronger. And that's what I'm fighting against. You know, and I'm one human being with a small team of people who's doing the very best that we can. Um, but, you know, another sad thing about conservatives is they don't do a good job of standing by their people. And so when I went through what I went through, I mean, you'll look around, look on Twitter, you know, like any of these, you know, any of my uh, peers in the conservative influence or movement, do you ever see anybody saying, you know, I stand with Brandon Strzok or, you know, what happened to Brandon Strzok was wrong or, you know, we've got to help walk away, come back. Um, you know, it's it's kind of an every man for himself sort of mentality in the conservative movement. And uh, but that being said, you know, uh, we did just launch our own social platform called Walkaway Social, which is amazing. People can find it in the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. Um, it takes 30 seconds to load and sign up. It's free. Um, I would encourage all people to jump on there, whether you walked away or you are walking away or you are what we call the walk withs, which are people who are you know, maybe lifelong conservatives, independents, libertarians who support people as they're walking away. But at this point, we have um, about 17 and a half thousand people who have joined our new platform. Uh, we have hundreds of new walkaway videos and written testimonials, people telling their stories. So it is happening. Um, I would say it's just gotten harder to get our message out. It's gotten harder to push back against the machinery. And unfortunately, because of January 6th, I don't have as many people uh, standing beside me as I used to when it was, you know, more favorable uh, to, to be my ally or to be my friend. Uh, but that's OK. Um, you know, I'm a fighter. I'm strong and I'm going to keep going whether I have a, an army with me or not. And uh, I would say that, yeah, I would say that we're coming back. We're going to come back strong. I, the Walkway Social platform is amazing. Everyone should get on it. People are still walking away. We're still doing amazing events. Uh, I'm in New York City right now. We just did an incredible event this weekend for LGBT people to walk away. We're going to keep doing that. So, yeah, thing, you know, we're, we're doing an amazing job, I think, given, given you know, what we currently have to work with. Um, and uh, I think that as the next couple of years roll by, people are going to shake off their, their wariness and their concern about you know whatever was attached to January 6th and anything else and pull their heads out of their their rear ends and, and realize that the time to fight is now you know we don't have to, we don't have time to sit around going oh is it the popular thing to do or is it the trendy thing to do or how will this I mean it's you're not going to be asking these questions if we lose in 2024 and we become a full-on fascist socialist nation under Democrat party rule yeah, well, I, I continue to pray for you and what you're doing, and I, I'm glad that there's people like you out there that are doing this, and I, I just hope that more and more people will join the campaign, will start to wake up and realize what's going on. And I'm not going to get into the whole January 6th thing, but talk about misinformation. You got people that are saying that that was worse than 9-11, and it's like they're so delusional with the way they approach uh, January 6th. It's just mind-boggling. But la last thing I want to hit you with here, Brandon, I, I would be curious to get your advice for parents out there that do have children that are gay or lesbian that, that are coming up right now 
where they they want to be able to support their kids, but they don't want them to fall into this entire thing that has just kind of grown this LGBTQ uh, movement, and they want to kind of avoid that. How do how do you advise parents right now to handle it when they find out their kid comes out, they're gay, they're lesbian? How do they kind of nourish that, but kind of keep them away from this craziness that's going on? Well, look, if that's the position of the parents, then I would tell them to sit down and have a really meaningful conversation with their kids explaining that, look, you know, we're we're supportive and affirmative of your uh, your sexual orientation or your your gender uh, um, uh, identity or or whatever. However, please be aware, you know, that there's an attachment right now between these things and a political ideology that I'm very concerned about. And I do not want you falling prey to. I would say, tell your kids you you support them, you affirm them, that you love them, that you support them, but you do not love and you do not support this left wing radical ideology that's attached itself to it, this movement. Explain that ideology to them and tell them, I can support you and I can support uh, what you do up until the moment that you become a part of this ideology. Once I see that happening, we're going to have a serious problem. And uh, I think that that's a, a conversation that should be had and had in very strong terms and draw that line and make it really clear and say, you've got my support up until we get to here. And the moment where we get to here, we're going to have a serious problem. Yeah, really well said. I, I love the message. Uh, Brandon Schrock, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on the Alec Lay Show Walk Away campaign. Link down in the description below. Uh, God bless you. And thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. All right, that was awesome. I really appreciate Brandon Schrocker giving me a few minutes of his time here on the Alec Lay Show. And God bless all of you, uh, you know, gay and lesbian people that are out there that, you know, want to just live your life as a gay or lesbian person and don't want to be attached to all of the craziness that has come out of the Democrat Party that has really, as I said to Brandon there, it's almost like when Joe Biden said, if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. They're saying that same message. If you don't vote for Joe Biden, then you're not gay or you're not lesbian. So enough is enough with this stuff. And we need more people like Brandon to step up, share their stories, share their experience. And he's right. I couldn't agree with him more uh, that the conservative side, the Republican side does such a terrible job of getting their messaging out. And they don't stand by the people like Brandon who are out there doing good and helping to convince these whack jobs that are out there that are trying to indoctrinate little children into this crazy movement. So we definitely need more voices like Brandon's out there. Again, today's podcast was brought to you by MyPillow. Get over to MyPillow.com. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD. Uh, You can save even more. Right now, they got the 4th of July sale going on over there. MyPillow.com, promo code FATHERHOOD. And when we were talking about that, if you remember, Larry Elder was campaigning for governor in California. And here's a black man running to become the first black governor of California. And there's a white person who dresses up in a monkey suit, monkey mask, and throws an egg at him. And the left didn't even bat an eye at that story. And it's always okay to discriminate against blacks, against browns, against LGBTQ, as long as they are on the Republican side. Then everything goes. You're allowed to say and do anything you want to these people, and it makes me sick. Uh, So uh, sick and tired of being sick and tired of this whole LGBTQ thing being shoved down everybody's throats. Be gay. Be lesbian, celebrate your life, live your life in happiness, and stop trying to push these views and these opinions and this propaganda on families and their children.
And I don't think that's too much to ask. Again, you do not want to miss out on Thursday's program. The great Kerry Lake will be joining me here on the Alec Lay Show. It's going to be a banger. I promise you don't want to miss it. So come back here to the Alec Lay Show live on Rumble, 1 p.m., Thursday, Eastern Standard Time. You can always catch uh, this broadcast or any broadcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That's all I got for you guys today. God bless all you parents out there. God bless America. God bless our troops. God bless our first responders. And I will see you guys on Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.